Welcome to the Misf Independent Podcast. Hey everyone, it's Gloria, and I am so excited to welcome you to the first episode of Misf Independent. Today, I am joined by a very special guest, my sister, Flora. Hi everyone, I am Flora, I'm her sister, and I'm a third year student at the University of Toronto. Coincidentally, I happen to be the president of Investment Society, so, you know, finance runs in the family. Yeah, but what about personal finance? What about your own money? Well, I have a savings account, and I'm thinking of opening up a TFSA, and that's about it. Yeah. No, it's good to start early, because I think once you turn 18, you can start having a balance in your TFSA. Right. That's what I'm going for now. I mean, I'm a year late. If you're, if you're counting 18 as a starting age. But I just turned 19, so it's fine. Yeah, better late than never. And that's honestly not even late. So you're off to a great start. Thank you. Appreciated. <laughs> so I'm going to begin by telling you why I started this podcast. As a CPA or Chartered Professional Accountant, people expect a certain level of personal financial literacy. I think I have a pretty good handle on it, but I'm by no means an expert. And this is also my disclaimer. If I'm supposed to be financially savvy, what about people who aren't professional accountants? Well, then they probably just have no clue whatsoever about personal finance if you don't. (laughs) Yeah, I think there's definitely a knowledge gap in the financial literacy area. To quote one of my accounting friends, he said something like, I can confidently talk to a CFO about complex accounting issues and where they need to fix things, but my own money situation, kind of a hot mess. And that's fair. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah, it seems like that is, you know, a common trend within people of that age. Yeah, and that's why we're here. So first, I want to lay down the foundations of personal finance because responsibly dealing with your money is a huge part of life. And unfortunately, it's not taught at school. Even studying accounting, I was taught how to deal with the money of corporations, but not necessarily my own. Yeah. I mean, even when I was in high school, people were always like, oh, like, how do I, how do I learn about stocks and my own personal finance? And we would always think about like making courses to teach that type of stuff, but it's not taught in the curriculum. And no matter how much we try to vet it to the curriculum people, it just, it didn't work. It definitely should be something that's taught in school. Did you ever do junior achievement? No, I don't know what that is. It's a not-for-profit organization that runs financial literacy programs. Usually they're half-day or full-day programs, and volunteers go to different elementary schools, middle schools, and secondary schools to run the programs. It's pretty cool. You heard it here first. Digging through the internet can be a little intimidating just because of the sheer volume of information available, and a lot of it is catered towards Americans. Yeah, even on TikTok, because that's when they have, like, stock talk. Yeah. And it's all about, like, the 401k IR, what is it, the Roth IRAs? Yeah. And I'm just like, wow, nothing that is helpful to me. Yeah. Well, I think 401ks are kind of the equivalent to our RRSP. And then Roth IRAs are the equivalent to our TFSAs, something like that. Okay. But then they all have different tax rules. And I mean, American taxes, like, do they even pay tax? Like, I don't know. Not as much as we do here. 
So my next intention for this podcast is to share the career stories of other CPAs and people in business, ones that are entrepreneurs or have taken non-traditional paths, and how being a CPA has helped them. I absolutely love meeting people who are passionate about what they do, and I want to connect with these individuals and share their stories. A lot of hard work and dedication goes into getting the designation, and as a fairly recently designated CPA, I want to know what opportunities are out there within finance or even outside of it. Go CPA! (laughs) And the final intention is I've always been fascinated by the FIRE community. Um, Ever since it started gaining popularity with Mr. Money Mustache. Flora, do you know what FIRE stands for? I know it stands for financial independence retire early and i only know that because you walk around the house saying it every single day five times a day so it's drilled into my head nice yeah should be everyone's goal it's a definitely goal of mine to be able to live work optional Um, for those of you who don't know what the movement is all about um, i'm definitely going to be talking about it in more depth in a future episode, but in a nutshell, it's about maximizing your savings rate with the goal of amassing enough wealth so that you can retire early or live a work optional life. Everyone's going to be believing in fire. It's going to be the new religion after they listen to this podcast. Oh my gosh, yeah. It's definitely a cult. It definitely has a cult following. But before you get into this whole save 75% of your take-home pay mentality, um, I think it's a good idea to start from the basics have a good handle of your money and understand where you're at currently. And I'll be learning right along with you. So that brings me to today's topic, net worth. Cue the Drake song. I show them how to net worth. Netflix and chill, what's your net, net, net worth? Flora, do you know what net worth is? I know from school that net worth is your assets minus your liabilities. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. So in essence, it's a snapshot of your financial wealth or financial security at a point in time. So it's basically what you own minus what you owe. Makes sense. Yeah. And why would your net worth be a good indication of your wealth? Well, if you're just taking into account your incomes, whatever is going into your bank account, Um, You're not taking into account what you owe. If you have student debt, it's obviously going to hinder the net worth. So Mm -hmm. you always have to take into the, the things you owe. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. So for example, a person with a lower net income might have a higher net worth than a person with a higher net income who spends more and saves less. So it's important to understand your net worth so you have a clear picture of your finances and this knowledge can help you plan for the future. It's also a really good starting place to help you set your financial goals. Let's talk about assets then. What are assets, Flora? Those are the things like a home. A, is a car an asset? No. Yeah, if you, yeah. If you own the car, yes. Uh-huh. So things that you own. Yeah. There's also things like cash in the bank. TFSAs, um, retirement savings, registered, non-registered investment accounts. The Birkin. Yeah, the, the Birkin would actually be definitely an asset. Yeah. Because there's a fair market value of that. Let's actually calculate it right now. Let's open up an Excel spreadsheet or a Google sheet, whatever, or just write it down um, and let's calculate it. List out all of your assets, so your different bank accounts, investments, real property that you own. 
for real property, you would take the fair market value of your car, your house. So what's fair market value? It is the listed price of the item. Yeah, so basically if you were to sell it today, how much money you can get for it. It's not what you paid for it. Mm -mm. Yeah. So the easiest way to look up the approximate fair market value of your car is from this website called Kelly Blue Book. That's kbb.ca. There you can see the approximate value of your car based on the make, model, year, and mileage, and it provides all sorts of different information. So it's also super handy for information when you're looking to buy a car. For properties, the easiest way is to go on zolo.ca, that's Z-O-L-O.ca, and you can enter in your address, number of beds, square footage, and property type, and it'll give you an estimate of the property. According to their website, it's based on a variety of factors, including nearby homes, comparable properties, recently sold properties, Canadian census data, things like that. And that is Zolo, not Zillow. Yeah, Zillow is the American version. Yeah, that's what we found out. Don't let it trip you up. <laughs> and on the other side are liabilities. Flora, what are liabilities? Those are the things you owe. So what's an example of that? Student debt. Mm-hmm. Um, mortgages? Yep. Car loans, credit card balances even. Um, yeah, anything that you owe. So for example, if you bought a condo and have a mortgage on it, your net worth calculation would include the fair market value of your condo on the asset side, and then the balance on your mortgage as a negative on the liability side. So we're gonna pause right here and figure out our net worths. I want you, listener, to do it too. And when you come back, we'll talk more about it. Welcome back. Pretty simple, right? It was the best, the best decision I've ever made of my life <laughs> to calculate my net worth. <laughs> and I think it's so simple that often it's overlooked. Like, Flora, have you calculated your net worth before? This is my first time. Yeah, actually, me too. And I'm kind of embarrassed to acknowledge that. I've never calculated it before. But there's a first time for everyone. Yeah, exactly. And better late than never. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I don't own any real assets. I don't have any debt, fortunately. Um, so it was pretty easy to calculate my net worth. And it helped me get a sense of where I am with regards to my goal of becoming financially independent. How did it help you, Flora? Oh, it just made me realize how much student debt I have. Hmm. Yeah, I'm really in the negatives on that net worth. <laughs> and that's perfectly fine. It's also a good idea to periodically check in on your net worth to see how you're doing financially. So you can do this monthly, quarterly, semi-annually, or once a year. Or every single day. Um, maybe not every single day. Why would you check it every single day? Well, if you're in the negatives, it'll really humble you. It's up to you, and it depends on how much movement is occurring with your net worth. You can also use an app like Mint, Personal Capital, or Wealthica to track it for you. It links to all your bank accounts and credit cards and tracks your net worth as well as your spending, so it's also good for budgeting. In my research for this episode, I came across a lot of articles that talked about what my net worth should be when I'm how many years old. And there were lots of different calculations and rules of thumb. The most popular of which seemed to be from the book called The Millionaire Next Door by Thomas Stanley and William Danko. So this is the calculation. Your age, multiplied by your annual pre-tax income divided by 10. 
Now, I think this is pretty unrealistic, especially for Canadians who pay tons of tax, and also because there are so many different variables that can affect your net worth, like the cost of living, your profession, and also where you are in your career. So, for example, I made 46K when I was 21, right out of school. If I use this formula, my net worth at that point should have been 96K. Pretty good. Yeah, but there's literally no way that I could have had a net worth of 96K right out of university. Oh, you were ballin'. Uh, not that ballin'. You were wearing the AP around. It was from Pacific Mall, though. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure I was negative at that point because of student debt, but I think this formula probably works out a bit better for older people who are mid-career. I also looked at census data from Statistics Canada Survey of Financial Security and the U.S. Federal Reserve Survey of Consumer Finances, both of which are from 2016. I think the next report comes out in 2021. And I looked at the average and median net worth in different age brackets for Canadians and Americans. I mostly focused on the age group of 35 and under. So Flora, I'm gonna get you to guess, like what do you think is the median and also the average net worth for Canadians and Americans under 35? Well, I don't really know what the distinction would be between the differences of mean and median. So I'm just gonna go like a general, they're gonna be the same. I'm gonna guess for Canadians, it would be 50K. Okay. And for the US, I'm going to assume that it's a little bit lower. So, let's say 40. Okay. Yeah, but in this situation, I don't know which one is the which one is the better predictor. Right. Because well, what is it? What about in like statistics in general? What is the better predictor? Usually it's the median. Why? Um because it it doesn't take into account the outliers. Like the outliers don't like fudge the data as much as if you were to calculate the mean because the mean takes into account all of the low and all of the extremely high data points Mm -hmm. and so that would bring up the average or it would bring it down which makes it not as reliable okay interesting quick math lesson oh my gosh so fun so fun i noticed two things with this data so let me just reveal the numbers The median for American families whose head is under 35 was 11,100. That's crazy. Yeah, it's super low. And the average was actually 76,200. Isn't that a huge difference? Yeah. While in Canada, the median net worth was 35,200. So it's higher in Canada, um, even after taking into account the exchange rate. Why do you think that is? Well, I guess there's a larger population of Americans that don't pursue higher level education. Mm -hmm. And then in Canada, I feel like our school is standardized. It's like run by the government. Everything is like public, isn't it? All the universities. I feel like in the States, their education system is a lot different and maybe less consumer debt. And also, I guess it costs a lot more in the States to go on to post-secondary education. Mm-hmm. And it's also pretty interesting because I looked at the median and average income levels as well, and they're fairly consistent across the two countries for people 35 and under. 
The second thing that I noticed was the difference between the median and average for Americans as well as Canadians. It's a huge difference. So for America, it was a median of 11,100, while the mean was 76,200. And for Canadians under 35, the median was 35,200 and the average was 179,300. Wow. So, okay, stats major, tell me what that means. For the average, it also takes into account the people that are making a lot of money, which is probably why it brings up the average so much. Like 170K compared to 35, that's a huge difference. And it probably means that there are some crazy people out there that are making so much money. Yeah, absolutely. So that that's just like an indication of how large the income disparity is and also just how wild capitalism is. It's crazy. But I guess we're not gonna get political here. For anyone who wants to read further on this, I'm gonna link in the show notes the surveys so that you can read further. It's super interesting. You can analyze for yourself. Yeah. From this, like, what was your key takeaway? It's better to be Canadian. Even though we pay more taxes, it seems like we're doing better. Yeah. And also, it's important to emphasize that everyone has their own path. Everyone has their own unique financial situation and unique financial goals. Some people are more privileged than others, and some people may have the goal to buy a house soon, while other people might just want to travel the world, or they might just be focused on paying off their loans. So it's pretty difficult and unfair to compare your net worth to that of someone else, because different circumstances lead different people to where they are today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like some people come out of university with zero debt. And some people unfortunately don't. So, you know, comparison is the thief of joy. I would say that the best benchmark are the financial goals that you set for yourself. With that being said, if your net worth is negative, figure out why. Is it because you're spending more than you make? Or is it because of other sorts of debt? If you feel like your net worth is low in relation to your financial goals, focus on saving and investing more while minimizing your expenses. And if you feel that your net worth is higher in relation to those goals, then continue what you're doing. You're doing great. Continue to spend. Continue. Treat yourself. Go to Aspen. (laughs) Go on a trip. Just live your life. And tracking your net worth over time will show how far you've come financially. It gets easier to do after the first time and keeps you in check. I know I'll be definitely doing it at least quarterly. So, your homework for this week. Homework? Yep, you heard me. There's going to be homework every week. But don't worry, it's going to be pretty simple, and we'll walk through it during the episode. So get your spreadsheet ready. Here's task one. If you didn't already calculate your net worth, do it. Whether it's on a simple spreadsheet or on an app like Mint or Personal Capital, or even like in a notebook, you know, just find out the number. Then we can talk about it and go from there. Task two. Share this with someone who you think would benefit. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much, Flora, for joining me today. I had so much fun. Did you learn a lot? Yeah, I learned what my net worth was. Awesome. As the aspiring Miss Independent, this is Gloria signing out. Thank you so much for listening. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. And if you're using Apple Pods, please toss me five stars. It would help me so, so much. So see you next time. Until then, stay healthy and grow wealthy.